Okay, here we go. This is the Daily Wrestling News for January 14th, 2021. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. I'm joined today by EWP Senior NXT Correspondent, John Smith. John, how are you? Oh, doing great today, man. Had a fun night of watching uh, two shows last night, and I'm ready to talk about it. All right. Well, that's good because we have, like you said, we had two loaded shows last night to get through. Um, plus, we have trivia, we have news, we have the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you question, but better question of the day. Um, I've started two shows now in, in 32 with technical difficulties. Uh, I am ready to make my, uh, what is this, January 14th resolution to never do that again. So, <laughs> I, Apparently, so what happens is if I have, I had another browser open with the show playing, and that's bit me twice. So I need to stop that. Makes All right. Sense. Yeah, I was wondering where that where that feedback was coming from. Yeah. Well, I can edit. I can't edit the live feed, obviously, but I can edit the show and post. So hey, now, now people know we're genuine, right? There you go. There you go. Okay. Well, to, uh, are you ready, John? I am ready. Let's get rolling. All right, today's ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at prowrestlingpick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. Uh, and I went perfect on AEW Dynamite last night with my predictions. Uh, how'd you do, John? Um, pretty sure I only got the uh, Ty Conti match wrong when I'm looking at it. Yeah, and I I picked Serena Deeb, but I was I, I'll tell you the match was a lot closer than I was comfortable with with that prediction. So, yeah, it was definitely um, Conti's best match to date, in my opinion. I don't know why Hunter let her go. I mean, she's got a very unique look. She's gorgeous. She's awesome in the ring. I don't know how she slipped out of his fingers, but. Well, uh, a lot of people have this year. <laughs> so, but uh, onto the ridiculously random non wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day. Uh, what is the best cut of steak? Um, I don't even think this is debatable, but it's, it's definitely ribeye. Um, whether you make it as a roast, as a prime rib, or you have a nice thick cut, you know, bone in, bone out, whatever, you know, dry aged if is preferred, but it doesn't need to happen because. There's so much flavor involved in a in a ribeye. I know people like to say that fillet is the best. Yeah, it's the leanest. It's you know, it cuts like butter. But you know, if you don't have the fat up in there, then you don't have a lot of the flavor. So I, I got definitely got to go with ribeye. And on the other end of the spectrum, New York strip is way overpriced in my opinion. It's like a big sirloin. Well, this is a boring conversation. I totally agree. <laughs> I have no uh, nothing else to offer. <laughs> ribeye is I'm my glad we see eye to eye on that. Yeah, that is my preferred option on the menu. Always. That would have been really embarrassing for me if you told came back with, "Oh, New York strip steak is my favorite." <laughs> yeah, uh, I prefer a cube steak uh, or a hamburger. <laughs> ribeye. Yeah, yeah ribeye is the way to go. All right, so 
folks, next time you're at uh, wherever you get steak, the grocery store, a restaurant, ribeye is the way to go from us. Okay, John, NXT or Dynamite? Who had a better show? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I actually wasn't prepared for that specific question, but I'm going to have to go with I'm going to have to go with AEW. Um, you know, just the just because of the end, or no, not the end, the the, the Kenny Omega segment where the Good Brothers came in instead of the Bucks. You know, that was a nice little swerve, and you know, I I just enjoyed that most of all over everything on the night. So I'll go with that show. All right, then we'll start with Dynamite. Um, that's what I was, I was trying to figure out whether we start with NXT or Dynamite. So we'll start with Dynamite. Uh, Pack beat Eddie Kingston with the Black Arrow in nine and a half minutes. Um, Archer and Pack have a fairly unstable alliance, but this was a really good showing for Pack. I thought. I mean, he hasn't wrestled much, and he really showed you know that he was he's ready to get back into it. Yeah, Pac is one of my favorites. I've, you know, I I enjoyed him as Neville at, when he first came up. I didn't watch him in NXT. Um, I I just saw him in WWE's version of Neville, not Adrian Neville. And then, you yep. know, he was kind of okay. But then when he came back as a heel and dominated that cruiserweight division, I was completely sold on on heel Neville slash the bastard Pac. And yeah. ever since. He came to AEW. He's turned that up a notch. I know he's been gone for a long time because of the whole situation. But, uh, you know, this is a great way to get him back on the map with a nice singles victory over a, a you know, a world title contender. And I can't say enough good things about Pac, man. Yeah, I, I have a feeling Pac is going. I mean, I think this Eddie Kingston thing is still probably going to be lingering for a few more weeks. Maybe they get a couple more tag matches out of it. You got Archer in there. But I think Pac is probably one of Omega's first serious uh, title contenders. They had, um, you know, I, I haven't seen it listed on any of the, the TNT awards because they didn't do, I don't think they have a best match category, but Pac versus Omega in an Ironman match last year in February, that match was incredible. And it's one of the, it's the only disqualification on Dynamite Television because they did an Ironman match. So they kind of, didn't have to finish with that, but that was a killer match. So, yeah. To be honest with you, I don't think I saw that match. Somehow that slipped by me. I mean, there was a little period of time where I wasn't staying up to date with AEW. It was about a year ago. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely gonna go back and watch that. I'll find it on Daily Motion or somehow. Yep. Yep. Thirty minute. Thirty minute Iron Man match. You know, with commercials in there. So. Uh, you don't have to totally invest thirty, but it's it's definitely I think one of the matches of the year. Um, and I and I would say it might be the singles match of the year from AEW. So um, Miro made Chuck Taylor tap out, um, and I guess we're going with Butler now. Apparently, Young Boy was something they didn't want to say on television anymore. I don't know. So, yeah. So Chuck T, Chucky e. T tapped out. The Inner Circle New Year's resolutions. I loved love this segment. I don't love every New Year or every Inner Circle interview segment. Sometimes I feel like they go on and on. This one, I, I don't know. I just I really liked from the moment Jake Hager said his resolution was championships <laughs> to the moment uh, MJF said we're better than you and you know it. Uh, I love the whole thing. Every every moment in between here in between. Yeah, again, nothing bad to say about that segment. I mean, the 
the Sammy Hagar reference where Guevara didn't know who the heck that was. That was pretty funny. (laughs) So I guess, um, you know, Santana and Ortiz, you know, we've discussed in the past how they're kind of just missing in action as far as tag teams go. Um, They haven't had a lot of, you know, two on two tag team matches and they made issue about that. You know, Jericho's going around as the Lasex gods and him and Hager and now him and MJF. So they took issue with Jericho and his, uh, you know, multiple partners pursuing the tag team titles. Sammy Guevara took took issue with that. Now we have a uh, three, you know, triple threat tag team match to determine who's just going to be the inner circle representative in the tag team division. Um, on top of that, Ortiz will be working on his grandmother's sofrito recipe. So. <laughs> Um, another question. MJF said that you know his resolution was to strengthen the bond of friendships and get rid of fat people. And so my question, John, is: uh, Do you think it's a nefarious resolution, or do you think he's going to try to work with local government to get everybody free vegetables and gym memberships? I don't know. I think he was talking about mass genocide, which is really <laughs> concerning for me because I'm pretty obese myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as we as we talk through this, my thoughts on the segment are turning. <laughs> we had a dark order segment. Uh, they have the, they have a full court press on Adam Page and whether or not he'll be joining the dark order. Uh, and I guess he's going to let them, let them know next week. I'm not sure if we'll know, but um, good or bad if Adam Page joins the dark order, you think? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I it would be. Something for him to do. I feel like he's been lost in obscurity ever since he lost the tag titles with Omega. Um, I don't know how much he fits into the Dark Order, but I don't know where the Dark Order fits into everything at the moment anyway. Because, like, are they the the heels that we sympathetically cheer for? Are they going to actually be faces now? It kind of seemed like they were going that way. But, you know, they still are the Dark Order. And, you know, to you know keep kayfabe alive, I don't think – the character Brody Lee would be happy with them going, going all soft because he passed on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, you know, I could see as long as there's a, another faction for them to feud with, you know, I think we're, we're good. I, I don't th- think they necessarily need a, a dominant singles guy, but eventually um, we'll get the payoff here and figure that out. But I think, um, in, in any case, it'll make for some fun segments between now and then. I'd like to see Evil Uno try to take the reins of that that group and be the leader in some way. Yeah, and I think yeah, maybe they would have done that a year ago, but there was so much backlash from the Creepers and everything else that um, you know they had a bunch of bad segments early on, and I think I was kind of burned in that. Now we're back full circle, and I think you know he has another opportunity. So. Uh, good option there. So Don Callis, he convinces Matt and Nick Jackson not to come out at the same time as Kenny Omega because they have great music and a great entrance, you know, with the dollar bills, the young, the bucks actually uh, flying around. And uh, so once Kenny Omega gets to the ring, Don Callis takes the microphone from Justin Roberts and introduces Omega's tag team partners as the world tag team, world, world tag team champions, the Good Brothers. Uh, mm-hmm. Good Brothers hand out a magic killer to Danny Limelight, who was teaming with the Varsity Blondes, and uh, 
I guess Bullet Club got a win. I wouldn't say that was the elite. Yeah, and speaking of Bullet, uh, Bullet Club, I, I saw what Tama Tonga wrote on uh, social media a couple days ago, you know, kind of condemning them for using the Bullet Club name. So I didn't hear them mention it at all yesterday. No, I think they did mention it on Impact. It's it's a little weird um, situation because, you know, they're they're so far removed from Bullet Club at this point. Um, but I guess that's they're just making it really clear that that's why they are all, you know, related. I guess. Right. Um, so the waiting room with Cody Rhodes, that guy didn't get a word in edgewise. It was probably your favorite I, of the show. You know what? Like I was so happy that I didn't fast forward it. Cause you know, the second I see Cody, I usually fast forward, but I, I wanted to see what Britt Baker had to say. And she took a, a few little nice pot shots at him, you know, saying, uh, talking about his neck tattoo and how his, <laughs> his unborn baby is going to have an action figure before she does. And they had sparklers going because pyro is mandatory whenever <laughs> Cody around. <laughs> She did have she did have a good a few good shots and um, they you know Jade I'm not going to buy into the hype on Jade until she has a match but but certainly um, she can get everybody ticked off that's one thing she can do uh, and Red Velvet showed a lot of fire in that segment too and she's about thirty inches shorter than Jade Cargill <laughs> yeah Jade Jade looks intimidating though man she's like looking like Shaniqua back in the day, as tall as her, man. I was, it's, I was impressed with with her look. I haven't seen her before, to be honest with you. I I missed her. Okay. Um. Ft. Oh, so that segment ended with the Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker sort of on screen video back and forth. Um, apparently, that match is going to be on Beach Break, which is February third, I believe. So. Uh, we get that match coming up in a couple of weeks. FTR got a predictable win over Jurassic Express, uh, but Tully, Tully Blanchard played a big part of that victory. So um, poor Marco Stunt gets his butt kicked every time he goes out there. <laughs> yeah, man, and that's the first time I heard Jurassic Express's new music. Oh, yeah. And I didn't realize when I saw the stuff on the internet that that was the song that they were talking about. And it brought back so many memories. I got a pop quiz for you. Do you remember what commercial that that song was a part of back in the early 90s? Television uh, commercial? I'm going to say uh, Double Mint Gum. <laughs> no, but it's actually kind of close. Um, it was uh, the new Cool Mint Listerine. It was uh, when Listerine debuted like something other than the disgusting yellow Listerine. And it was also the theme song for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I didn't I like uh I didn't have an immediate recollection of the song like most people did. So um, but it's really, really catchy. I was I was there when Jungle Boy had a match on Dark. And they came out with that music and Marco Stunt was going crazy. He was uh I may have said in the past that he was like Leo Rush to Bobby Lashley. I mean, he was, you know, clapping his hands. The whole crowd was really into the song. So I think when we start, when you see that next with a live crowd, I think it'll make a big difference in Jurassic Express's presentation. Absolutely. Um, Tay Conti 
we mentioned before, she looked really good in her match with Serena D, but it was definitely her best outing. Um, I know we never saw anything like that when she was in NXT. I don't think she ever got that much television time. Um, and I, I'm questioning whether it was might have been the best AEW women's match in recent memory on television, even. Yeah, it just had it had good natural flow to it. It was like they've been in the ring together a million times with each other before. Yeah. Um, Darby Allen retained the TNT Championship over Brian Cage. Crucifix bomb off the second rope. Lots of Sting and uh, uh, Team Taz at ringside. It was kind of an ugly match, actually, in terms of Darby Allen getting just tossed around. It was your basic big guy, little guy match, but it was brutal for Darby for most of the yeah, once he went Once he went through those tables on the outside towards the beginning of the match, I thought Cage might actually be winning it, but you know, then you got the interference on both sides to even it out. Well, that spot was crazy, right? I mean, Cage just picks him up. I, what did he throw him, like 10 feet, it seemed like, out of the ring through those tables? It was quite a distance. Yeah, I mean, he had to be, like, I know it was a couple tables next to each other, but you still he still needed to be pretty careful with his accuracy on that one, you know? I know. My, my wife was, like, a few inches either way, and we would have had some major issues there. And then when uh, Cage brought the stairs out, that was the point in the match where my wife – got up and said, I'm going to walk away from this match for now. <laughs> so couldn't watch it after that. Yeah, that's the thing about Darby Allen, man. It's like he he does this cool stuff that you you love watching it, but one day I think it's going to bite him in the ass. I think, you know, but at the same time, I think if he went and knock on wood, got seriously injured, I think that, that he would not have a problem with it and that that's his legacy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Okay, so next week on Dynamite, we had a bunch of match announcements. Matt Seidel in top flight versus Hardy Party. Um, Matt Hardy and Private Party not doing well in terms of uh, negotiating over a percentage that Matt Hardy should get of their contract. Um, the big Dark Order match that Hangman Page will reveal his uh, whether he's going to join the Dark Order. Either facing it's Hangman Page, Colt Cabana, Alex Reynolds, John Silver versus TH2 and Chaos Project. So um, we get an update from Miro on how things are going with his new butler. Nyla Rose versus Layla Hirsch and John Moxley is in action. Um, what do you think in action's chances are against a ticked off John Moxley? Zero <laughs> percent, uh, unless you know Callus and Omega get involved. You know, right. I could see. I can see them giving like Marco Stunt a nice roll-up win on Moxley, you know. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who they'll bring out. <laughs> Usually, when you see in action, it's a it's a dark guy, but on occasion, it's a surprise, right? When Sheeta got Abaddon, um, there's been some Griff Garrison involved, you know. So sometimes it's a, a competitive match, but uh, and I also mentioned Beach Break. We have Thunder Rosa versus, versus Britt Baker. That's coming up in a couple weeks. So that's Dynamite. Um, real good show. Uh, lots of fun. On the NXT side of things, uh, we start the show with a spinning neckbreaker win over Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, Candice LeRae got used a spinning neckbreaker to get a win over Shotzi Blackheart in 11 minutes. Good opener, I thought. Yeah, spinning neckbreaker off the second rope, too. It was a nice little yeah. spot. Yes. Uh, in the next segment, we had Finn Balor approach the ring, and he he came out, and he said... 
They stopped, they stopped manufacturing the cloth that he was made from. He issued a word of caution to whoever his next challenger is. Pete Dunn came out, flanked by Oni Larkin, Danny Birch. Uh, a brawl breaks out, Undisputed Era breaks it up. Uh, not really sure where things were going to go from there in terms of Finn Balor, but it certainly seems like UE and Pete Dunn and crew are still at each other's throats. Yeah, I'd love to see another Finn Balor versus Pete Dunn match, man. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the world title on the line. Uh -huh. Well, and then the other thing is um, later in the show, we had a video package from Scarlett and Karrion Cross, and they have their eyes set on Pete or, uh, Finn Balor. So it's really not clear what's happening in terms of the world title picture or the NXT championship picture at the moment. Yeah, when When is their next, like, oh, it's um, Valentine's Day, right? Yes, Valentine's Day. Yep. Yeah, so it seems like. It seems like Dunn might get a world title match between now and then, and then Cross will get the Valentine's Day match, unless they're saving Cross versus Balor for the WrestleMania NXT. Velveteen Dream should probably be on that Valentine's Day show, don't you think? His character is kind of meshes well with a Valentine's Day-themed episode of TakeOver. Yeah, who would you put him up against, though? I, I would have said Johnny, but Johnny's involved already with... Um, What's their faces? Yeah, Johnny would good. Yeah, Johnny's got Kushida, it looks like, probably. Yeah, Kushida. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, so maybe, maybe carrying cross. <laughs> maybe that's the way, maybe that's the way you avoid having to put them together. I'd like um, to see the, the interactions between Scarlet and, and Velveteen Dream. That would be interesting. Yeah. Because everybody's got their, their wonders about the, the Dream character. They don't know exactly which way he's going, you know? Right. Right. And he, and as much as, and Scarlett is as much about, less about words and more about her um, presentation in terms of look and style and movement. So, yeah, a couple of segments with them together. That, that, uh, hourglass being slammed in Dream's face would be pretty good, I think. Yeah. Although, okay, so here's another option Dexter Loomis and Karrion Cross because Loomis, could probably draw some pretty cool pictures of Karrion Cross and, and Scarlet. So I guess we got a few options. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like I like the Loomis and Cross thing for when Cross is eventually champion again, because I'm assuming he will be. But yeah, I think I think so too. Personal opinion and assumption. Yeah. We had uh, the opening round of the Dusty Cup. That turned that kicked off. Three matches on the show. Grizzled Young Veterans. Undisputed Era, they both advanced over Everize and Berzango. Those were pre-advertised. MSK debuted. They eliminated uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Jake Atlas. And MSK is the Rascals from Impact. And they had a good showing, actually. I think they had a better showing than they've had on Impact in the last few matches. So, Yeah, it's one of the best debuts I've ever seen on NXT. And, I mean, I haven't really been exposed to the Rascals too much because I just started TNA or Impact you know, like back in the end of the summer, and it was Trey Miguel was getting most of the Screen most up. of the opportunity on TV at the time, so I didn't see these two guys that off that much. So I've only seen a couple of their matches, and this was definitely the best I've seen them look. And you know that um, that assisted blockbuster finisher that they do—that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a it was like a spine buster, a spine buster and blockbuster in one. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, and and you don't, you know, they got new names. I don't even remember what they were. Nash and Carter or something like that. I wrote uh, them down actually. Hold on, it's uh, where are we? I don't even see. It. Oh, yeah, Nash Carter and Wesley. Okay. Right now, adminspelltime.com. There, Desmonds. <laughs> until until I learned the uh, the names. Um, the women's Dusty Cup is supposed to kick off next week. We actually got a, a rare interview with Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Uh, they are going to be facing Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm next week. So for everybody that picked Casey and Caden to win this tournament, <laughs> things are not looking good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why they gave them the uh, the interview time this week because they're, they're not going to be around in this tournament very long. Right. You're not going to have Mercedes Martinez – come back and lose this match unless you're going to start a, a feud between her and storm, but that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case. It doesn't, doesn't seem to make sense at the moment. Right. We also have announced for the tournament, uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell as a team and also Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon as a team. No surprise there, but we don't have full brackets. We don't know how many teams, but that's what we have so far. Um, yeah, I'm thinking there'll be four more teams. I don't think they're going to go 16. No, yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think it'll be an eight, eight-team tournament. Um, Raquel Gonzalez, she seems to be have her sights locked on uh, Io Shirai now. Now, which is interesting because so does so does Mercedes Martinez based on recent events. So, uh, but it looks like based on the video package, Raquel Gonzalez is probably going to be the next opponent, whether that's takeover or whatever. Yeah, she could be the one. I'm not sure yet, though, but, you know, she could be the one, even if it's a transitional champion. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Also in action, Johnny Gargano defeated Dexter Loomis with help from Austin Theory. Uh, Theory and Gargano double-teamed Loomis after the match. Kushida made the save, and Kushida seemed to indicate that he's next in line for the North American Championship. I think the the sad part about this is, is it kind of indicates to me you know, what teams are going to get eliminated from the Dusty Cup because the Dusty Cup will culminate towards the same time as whatever title matches happen. So um, it looks like Kushida's team and also Johnny Gargano's team probably are not going to be long for the tournament. Right. Um, well, we, got, we, got to see, uh, we got to see full brackets yesterday on the men's, though. I love I love tournament brackets, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we we did we did see them. I don't have a graphic to pull up, but we do have. They're available. Um, last week we had the name of Zayali's victim. This week we didn't get the name, and we didn't need it. It was one punch, one kick. They were both impressive. Those that punch and that kick. Um, it was twenty four seconds. Zayali with the win it wasn't enough. She had to continue the beating and. I mean, that whole presentation is awesome at this point. Yeah, that creepy lady signaled to her that, that she had to go back and, and keep doing the beat. Yeah, it was this one was the first like beat down, then this one was like finisher, and yeah. she destroyed her when she went back the second time. I'd like this, I'd love to see where this is going. Maybe Zia Lee's the one that takes the, 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 the belt from EO eventually, the way that they're 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 building her up. I mean, she she seems unbeatable and unstoppable right now. I know they've thrown a couple tomato cans at her, but you know, just 
the way that the, the, the training videos and the way she's she her intensity, you know, I, I love what I'm seeing out of her right now. I think that uh, this this motion is the same as Hulk smash. You know, it's like it's like you, you will crush her. <laughs> so um, and so lastly, next week we have Champa and Thatcher in the fight pit. Um, I'm kind of glad that it's going to be on this episode and not on episode last week, because I think last week we would have gotten rushed through that this week. I think we'll have time for that, for the full treatment. And I think it's going to be kind of. <clears throat> yeah. And the, the fact that Thatcher was secretive about his injury makes me wonder if he's going to have some sort of Lex Luger forearm plate or something where that's going to like whatever kind of injury he had is going to somehow be his advantage in this match. Like, why are you being secretive about it? And how come Regal doesn't even know what it was, you know? Well, well I yeah. think that's going to play a part. In theory, though, I mean, if I were getting ready to head into a match like that, I probably wouldn't be telling my opponent what my injuries were. But I but I like that, that uh, you know, to present it that way and then have it be like this, you know, plated arm or something like that or chest even just a you know a chest protector or some weird thing like that you know so um okay we're running a little long so let's get into our news and uh then we'll we'll get trivia and get out of here so let me play the news bumper night on MLW Fusion, we had new MLW Tag Team Champions crowned. Uh, Los Parks defeated Ross and Marshall Von Erich. Lots and lots of cheating, and a crooked Tom Lawler referee got them that win. Uh, so that was your MLW Fusion recap. On Impact uh, News, we have D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker are taking over the reins as the new Impact broadcast team. Josh Matthews has been promoted. Madison Rain will address her future at Hard to Kill. Brown and Stryker debut as the tandem at Hard to Kill. John, thoughts? Uh, I don't know what to think. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of Joey Matthews on, on commentary. I feel the same way about him as Michael Cole a little bit, where it's just like, yeah, he's a like a familiar voice. It's just it doesn't really add much. It's like it's like they're Vince McMahon's puppet or like the, the backstage producer's puppet as in, in Josh's case. So I'd like to see more attitude out of Matt Stryker coming out of that side of the booth. And then um, who'd you say the other one was again? I'm sorry. D'Lo Brown. Oh, yeah, D'Lo Brown. I've never heard him on commentary, so I'm real interested to see that. D'Lo has done a couple of like little things here and there on commentary. I think when you had to sub in or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um and so he's so he's fine. So we'll see how they do in terms of carrying the uh, the episode. Um, I am actually a fan of Madison Rain. Pretty pretty serious fan of Madison Rain on commentary. So I'm a little, I'm pretty disappointed she is leaving. Um, I did like the back and forth with her and Josh. Like you said, Josh is vanilla. So as long as uh, Striker fills in, I think we're fine there. Um. Okay, best wishes going out to Bill Eady. That's Demolition Axe. He's battling COVID-19. Um, in, in light of hearing lots of lots of people declaring that they have COVID-19, Drew McIntyre, 
Chris Jericho had it in September. Nick Jackson had it. So lots of uh, lots of things coming out. But Demolition Axe right now is battling COVID-19. In weird news, Matthew McConaughey says he has interest in getting in a WWE ring. I, th I think it might have been just like a passing comment. But it's fun to think about Matthew McConaughey in WWE. And uh, John Smith, you had an interesting tag team idea for him. All right, all right, all right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think him and Matt Riddle would go well together, with, especially with that Days and Confused kind of character that McConaughey played. Yeah. I think they would work well. And, I, and I'll go ahead and I'll book the match right now. I, my, my, uh, my hopes and my dreams are that we get that tag team and that they face Bill Goldberg at WrestleMania. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't need to be a long match. just needs to be you know, a couple of good entrances and – comedic moments, and we'll get out. On Dynamite, they announced that TNT and Bleacher Report are producing the first ever Dynamite Awards. I have the categories and all the nominees. It's probably a lot to get into on this show, but um, why don't we go through at least the categories, and uh, if there's something that we, you know, that pops out immediately off the page, then we can, uh, then we can talk about that. But best moment on the mic is there some nominated or not? Is there some moment that you can think of from the last year on Dynamite, John, that should be a winner here? I I think the, the the debut of Eddie Kingston was my favorite Mike moment. I know it's not one of the nominees, but when he came out and I had no idea who he was, and he cut that promo on Cody, that was one of the only times I actually stayed and watched a Cody match. Man, I I loved him from the second I saw him, only because of that promo. He grabbed you. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I actually, I, and you know, I, I see their nominees, the debates and the different things like that, that happened, but I, I do agree. I think that was, that was probably the best promo of the year. Um, and it actually just kicked off a series of good Eddie Kingston promos, but um, biggest surprise. They also didn't put Eddie Kingston in this category. Um, they've got Matt Hardy and Brody Lee, which was actually the same night. Jake Roberts confronting Cody Sting's debut and Miro coming out as their nominees. But uh, any of those are a different one for you? Uh, biggest surprise, I would have to say, is Sting, because I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was like rumored months beforehand when Sting's contract with WWE ran up. But, yeah, I, I didn't see that particularly happening. So that was – I agree. There, that was a moment for sure. And with fans – there's about a thousand of us in the stands. So, yeah. Breakout star, they have Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston, John Silver. I have a hard time putting Eddie Kingston in a breakout star category because he's been around for so long, um, even though he's just now making it onto television. I like John Silver in this category just because he's he's truly coming up from an unknown spot. Absolutely. The other three I had heard of. Yeah, really. I've I've seen their names in writing at least before this. Not John Silver though. Yeah, on the female side, they have the same category, and they've got Sheeta, Anna Jay, Tay Conti, Big Swell, and Penelope Ford. You know, I, I think Sheeta actually because she was known only through AEW before, and she really uh, went crazy this year. So I like Sheeta in that category actually. Yeah, same here. Uh, biggest beatdown. Is the award category that they have? Yeah, no, none of these that are, that are nominated really like stand out in my mind, to be honest with you. And I don't, I can't think of another one either. That dark order beatdown on the on the of the 
Nightmare Family on the stage where Anna Jay put Brandy in the Queen Slayer. And um, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. I, I might lean towards that one. Yeah. Um, High Flyer Award, Phoenix, Mark Quinn, Nick Jackson, Pac. Probably give that to Phoenix. Absolutely. Hardest moment to clean up after. That's kind of a weird one. <laughs> but uh, it's got to be the orange juice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, biggest WTF moment. Um, they've got Cody Rhodes moonsault off the cage. Sammy Guevara hit by the golf cart. Kenny Omega winning the world championship and walking out of AEW. The bloody Dr. Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida or Young Bucks Frog Splash off the stadium railings. I would say, I know why they didn't nominate it, but Matt Hardy's fall at the at the pay per view, I think it was all out, where he clearly shouldn't have continued. That that's the WTF moment for me. <laughs> Absolutely, but out of these, I I would definitely go with Omega with the swerve and Don Callis winning that title. Yeah, right in front of us, and I saw it coming. Laugh Out Loud Award. You got Dinner Debonair, Britt Baker waxing Tony Schiavone. The Young Bucks kicking MJF into a pool, and the Inner Circle Vegas trip. I'm kind of partial to the Britt Baker Tony Schiavone segment. To be yeah. Uh, best Twitter follow, John. I know you're not a, much of a Twitter person, and I I follow these people, but I don't. I wouldn't even recommend them. <laughs> so uh, they have MJF, Orange Cassidy, Britt Baker, and Nyla Rose. I would imagine the, MJF is the most entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's insulting to everybody on there, as expected. The Bleacher Report pay-per-view moment of the year. You've got Stadium Stampede, Moxley winning AEW Championship, Sheeta winning the Women's Championship, Omega and Page defeating the Young Bucks at Revolution, Darby Allen winning the TNT title from Cody at Full Gear, and the Young Bucks winning the tag titles at Full Gear. Pay-per-view moment of the year. Uh, I think I would go with Moxley on this one, just because you know it's a world title switch, and we haven't we've only had two of those so far. Yeah, I love that pay-per-view too. I was I, mean, I was there for that in, in Chicago, and it was that the uh, Young Bucks versus Omega and Page on the undercard was a killer killer match, and the room exploded when Moxley won that title at the end of the night. And we all had to go buy our, you know, Moxley championship belt T-shirts that said I was there on the back and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, fun times. Okay, that gets us through the uh, the TNT awards. Gets us through the news. It's trivia time. John, are you stretched? Are you ready? Let me review the score with you. All right. You're three for five. You're in pretty good position. John DeCani is way out in the lead with a 10 for 10. He's got two Hennings or perfect plexus. So uh, let's see how you do today. Thirty years have passed since the 1991 Royal Rumble, and that's going to be what we talk about on today's trivia. Okay. The Rockers. In the opening contest, defeated this team. Was it A, Power and Glory, B, the Bushwhackers, C, the Orient Express, or D, the Hart Foundation? Not a title match, by the way. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Rockers were never tag champs. No. Um, the Orient Express. The Orient Express is correct. And um, I read this morning that Dave Meltzer considered this one of the, the best pay-per-view match since WrestleMania three at the time. So interesting. Uh, Ultimate Warrior went into Royal Rumble 1991 as the WWF champion. He did not leave that way. Who took the title? A, Randy Savage, B, Sergeant Slaughter, C, Hulk Hogan, or D, Ric Flair? Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. Randy Savage hit Warrior over the head with the scepter, allowing Slaughter to drop an elbow and get the pin. Um, Roddy Piper and Gorilla Monsoon were disgusted. <laughs> uh, the Big Boss Man defeated this member of the Heenan family in the second match of the evening, by the way. Was it A, Rick Rude, B, Haku, C, The Barbarian, or D, Andre the Giant. Uh, who was the first choice? A, Rick Rude. B, okay, Haku. I got the Barbarian. The Barbarian. Yep. Answer correct. That is the Barbarian. You're three for three. Crushing it in Royal Rumble 1991. Two more. Two more. We go from Cobb County, Georgia. Uh, we go from the Cobb County, Georgia lawman to the Canadian lawman. The Mountie competed against Coco Beware. The Mountie won. That's not the question. Who accompanied Coco to the ring? Was it A, Frankie, B, Owen Hart, C, the British Bulldog, D, Matilda, or E, Damien? Oh. I know Frankie's the parrot. Was it them? Was it then, or was it Owen Hart? I gotta go with Frankie. It was Frankie. It was Frankie. Yeah, I think we're. I know they were. They were a tag team. Him and Owen Hart. High energy. I just wasn't sure if yeah it was around that time period. Yeah, it, it was Frankie. I think. I think high energy might have been two years or three years from here. I have to check, but it was Frankie. You're four for four. Going into the final question, which I think is a layup. Coming in from position number 24, the 1991 Royal Rumble was won by A, Hulk Hogan, B, Ric Flair, C, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, D, Big John Studd. Hulk Hogan. Hogan under 24, and he last eliminated Earthquake. You get the Goldberg Oscar Award today. Perfect. 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 Five for my five. First, Killed it. My first perfect plex. There you go. There you go. And, and by the way, I got a word of advice for everybody. There's this guy that lives next door to me who's been playing VR in his basement. Like probably 40-year-old guy. Doesn't have blinds on his <laughs> on his window. So every time I open my blinds in the in the bedroom, I see this guy. Punch in the air, dancing, dance, dance revolution or something. So word of advice, if you're going to get yourself a VR, go ahead and get yourself some blinds for the room that you're going to be playing it in, especially if you're doing it for six hours a day. <laughs>
Words of advice and a pro tip from John Smith. <laughs> all right, everybody, that's our show for the day. Uh, for all the latest in the world of sports, tune into the Primetime Rundown. Uh, check out the EasternObserver.com for details. That show debuts every Friday at 6 p.m. Our show will return on Monday, and I'm expecting it to be a really fun show. We have a special guest lined up. I'll be tell I'll be uh, letting people know who that is as we get closer to uh, Monday's go live time. So thanks everybody for watching. For John, I'm Ryan, and we're getting out of here. <laughs>